0: Hello, once again, my friends, and welcome to the Daily Run-Through Galatians. We are in chapter 5. This is episode number 32, if you're keeping track. And uh, we are talking about, uh, well, I guess I should say we Paul has kind of moved from this point of uh, laying out the arguments against justification through the works of the law. And uh, he is now kind of making the practical application and so he's been making multiple arguments throughout the book, um, chapter after chapter, of all the, the reasons that, uh, and all the, I mean, giving lots of proofs of why we are not saved by the works of the law, but by you know, believing uh, and trusting in the promise that God has made. And so uh, we've seen that, lots of examples of that as we've gone, and now he's talking in this second part of uh, of Galatians 5, he starts talking about um, maybe a little bit more practical application. And this has kind of been my observation, and and perhaps it has been yours as well, that when you hear uh, sermons, uh, especially topical sermons, topical sermon being uh, when a, a pastor or preacher picks a particular topic, talks about that topic, will bring up verses to support that topic. Or sometimes they'll say, hey, today we're going to talk about, you know, Galatians chapter five, verse, you know, 16, and they'll read that one verse and then talk about it for 40 minutes or whatever, as opposed to, um, a, uh, an exegesis, uh, so, uh, a verse by verse type study of going, uh, through the Bible, uh, in context saying, this is, this is what it says. Kind of like we do here. and so the reason I bring that up is when you hear a lot of a lot of uh, sermons, you'll notice that they will preach out of um, Galatians uh, five and six they'll they'll uh, talk about the later chapters of Ephesians um, and, and this is this is fairly common and the reason for that is that because of the way that Paul lays out many of his letters and what he does is he'll lay out theology. In the beginning, and then he takes a certain, uh, at a certain point in the book, he shifts over from the theology to the application of that theology, and uh, we saw this when we were doing our our study through Romans. You see that when you get to Romans 12, Paul says, you know, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to offer yourselves as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Um, and do not be conformed to the world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. But he says, you know, do this, offer yourself as a living sacrifice, which is your reasonable service. Some bibles translate it your spiritual act of worship. But I think that, you know, when he when he says your reasonable service, I think that really makes sense to the transition that he's making there. He says, you know, I beseech you brethren by the mercies of God. So he says, look, I'm I'm encouraged I'm ble- I'm begging you or I'm encouraging you In light of all that I've just told you in these first twelve chapters, in light of or the first eleven chapters, in light of all of that, this is what you ought to do. It's reasonable. In light of all that God has done for you, all the things I've just discussed for the first eleven chapters, this is what we ought to do. This should be our response. And so Paul does that in many of his letters. He he lays out a theological argument, and then it's uh, there's an application. That follows. So one of the things is when you're preaching, and this is one of those things that that uh, most I think most preachers and most pastors try to do is they try to have some sort of practical application to their message. Like, okay, now that I've just told you this, we've just talked about this topic or I've just taught on this. This is what you should do. This is the application thereof. And sometimes what happens though is the focus is on the application and there's no theology. It's just, you should do this, you should do this without the why you should do it, right? And and I recognize this from my own life. For years, hearing people tell me that there were certain Christian things or Christian practices that I should do. I remember for years, people telling me, you know, oh, you should read your Bible. You should read your Bible. You know, as Christians should read their Bible. But I don't ever remember somebody laying out why you know well, why should I should read my Bible, you just should you know you should go to church, you should do these things, the the shoulds you should do all these things and and not to say you shouldn't, but saying basically that nobody ever laid out the reasons why, and so that's one of the things that that I always try to do because I think that's what we see Paul do, he lays out the theology and then he and then he gives you the application, and if we do it in reverse, and we give you application, well, we better tell you why so. Anyway, all that to say, this is kind of the shifting gears here when we get to our verse, um, verse 16. He says, um, I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. All right, so he's he's talking about, a, this is, again, he's talking about something that's very important to understand as a Christian. And this is one of those things that um, if you're a new believer or if you are really new to um, digging into your faith, this is one of those things that I think is imperative. I mean, really imperative to understand that there, there is this struggle between the spirit and the lust of what he calls the lust of the flesh, the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. So there's this battle between the flesh and the spirit and the flesh, not necessarily meaning our physical bodies. This is sometimes an error that people make and they think that our physical bodies are inherently evil. Um, and that's kind of what would be uh, considered in like an ancient Gnostic idea that, um, that what was spirit was good and what was physical was evil, but, but that's not really consistent with the totality of the scripture. However, paul will often use this idea of the flesh of being the old man right and again uh if you didn't listen to my series through romans uh romans chapter 7 talks uh, a lot about this the old man and the new man and this and paul talks about this struggle between the old him and the new him the old man being uh who he was before he became a christian when he was unsaved un you know um he was not yet redeemed. He wasn't born again, and so he was living according to his his old uh human desires. And there were times where he realized, like, hey, you know, I shouldn't do this. Or I don't want to do this, but he had no. He was powerless against it. So, like Romans seven seven, he says, "What shall we say then? Uh, is the law sin? Certainly not. On the contrary." I would not have known sin except through the law. This sounds very familiar to our earlier chapters in Galatians. He says, for I would not have known covetousness uh, unless the law had said, you shall not covet. So he heard that, you know, you shall not covet. And then he talks about, but sin taking opportunity by the commandment produced in me all manner of evil desire. For apart from the law, sin was dead. Um, I was alive once without the law, but when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. And the commandment which was to bring life. I found death and for sin taking occasion by the commandment deceived me and by it killed me. Therefore, the law is holy and the commandment is holy and just and good. So he's basically saying, I heard the law when I did it, stirred up this, this evil within me. And this is one of those things that I think most of us recommend when there's something about those things which are forbidden, those things that we're told, don't stay away from ignore, don't, don't do this, that we're drawn to it. We're drawn to it. And it's that that old sinful nature. And so Paul goes on to talk about this. And he says, you know, we know the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under, under sin. And he goes on to talk about this again. He says, for what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do or for what I want to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do. If then I do what I will not to do, I agree that with the law that it is good. And he goes on to talk about this that you know the good that I will to do, I do not do, but the evil I will to do, I had I practiced. And so he's talking about this conflict between the old the old uh, the old Paul or Saul in the new one. And this is the same thing that we need to recognize as Christians that there is a battle going on between our spirit, our new, the new the new creation we are in Jesus, and the old the old man, the old person that was crucified with Christ. And so we need to recognize that that old man or that old master, I mean, that's the picture Paul uses in Romans, that old master doesn't have control over us anymore. Now, the old master might be talking a lot, saying you need to, you have to, you should, you have, you know, you. this is who you are, this is what you do, you have no choice. And the new man, led by the spirit who's saying you're free from all that. You have a new master. Who's a loving, a loving master, not the old one that uh, looks, you know, looking to destroy you and etc. So Paul talk, is going to talk about in this next section about walking in the spirit and this lust of the flesh that we ought to walk in the spirit so that we don't fulfill the lust of the flesh and understand that there's this conflict between the two and and so, uh, just kind of finishing up, I once heard a pastor put it this way. He said, "Imagine, like, when you're born, you're ruled by the flesh, ruled by your 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 um your desires, your appetites, your hungers, your desire for yourself, for what's best for you, um, to please yourself. And then below that is your your what might be called your soul, your intellect, your um your personality, and then." on the bottom would be your spirit which you were born spiritually dead and then he said but when you're born again it flips upside down and you're born again in the spirit and now you are ruled by the sp- you know we ought to be ruled by the spirit of God um and in the middle is our intellect and then we put to death um the the old flesh so it's kind of a clunky little um idea but it, to me I I kind of like that picture so anyway we're going to talk about more about that next time about this battle between the flesh and the spirit.